helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. After weeks of accusations and claims of chaos, a new Speaker of their House has been elected. For almost three weeks, the House of Representatives has been unable to pass legislation because there was no Speaker. Contrary to what many pundits have said, this is not because the Constitution says so, but because the House of Representatives have made the rules that way. In a time of wars overseas, turmoil and lawlessness at home, and levels of partisanship I haven't seen in my lifetime, I ask you a simple question. How was your life impacted by the fact that the House could not pass legislation? Perhaps there's more we can learn from the speaker fight than we first thought. Maybe we the people are not as dependent on the House of Representatives as we thought we were. Yes, the House is only ineffective for a few weeks. Things would probably be different if Congress could not legislate for months. Looking at the fight, though, I think we can learn a lot about our dependence on the federal government, what we can do about it, and what it will cost us to do so. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study, where we read and study the Constitution. We teach rising generation to be free. And I want to talk today about the speaker's race, Um, not simply the race itself, but, you know, what we can learn from it. Um, I mean, I I saw an interesting, um, we'll call it a partisan fight. But uh, I think there's a lot we can learn from that, and that's what I want to kind of focus on today. So, all right, let's dive into it. First of all, you know you're living in interesting times when the best headline comes from the Babylon Bee. The Babylon Bee's headline was, Smoke Rises Over Capital, Indicating Congress Has Resumed Setting Taxpayers' Money on Fire. And that's why I asked that question. How was your life materially impacted by the almost three weeks where the House of Representatives um, couldn't pass legislation. Um, What changed? Now, granted, it was only three weeks. I mean, if Congress was shut down for months, yeah, I'm sure there'd be an impact. But granted, we live in crazy times. You've got the war in Ukraine, the war in Israel. We've got China uh, talking about making moves on Taiwan. Um, There's a lot going on. we got the open border. There's a lot going on. But let's face it. How much does Congress actually spend? What do they spend most of their time doing? Uh, Basically spending your money illegally. So it was a a funny thing. But I want to take a look a little bit. MSNBC, I'm sorry, NBC News did a piece um, about, you know, five things you need to know about Mike Johnson. And I want to go through these. Uh, and I'm doing these, I haven't reviewed these beforehand. I took a quick look at them and said, no, this is something I want to do uh, on the air with my audience because I, I think it'll be interesting. So the first thing they note is that Johnson's a constitutional lawyer. Well, that doesn't mean much to me because it means most likely he studied the constitution, the quote-unquote constitutional law, the opinion of judges, uh, rather than the actual constitution. But they, they do say he has uh, a tendency to create... Uh, but they refer to as controversial theories, one of which actually dealt with the 2020 election. Uh, apparently, last year, New York Times did an article on Johnson. He's, they, they called him the, the most important architect of the Electoral College objections. You see, after, on January 6, 2021, 
or I should say after the, the 2020 election, um, Mike Johnson had an interesting twist on the, uh, an interesting point of view on the elections. Um, he claimed that, uh, and he claimed to his colleagues that there were certain states that the way they changed their voting procedures during the scandemic were unconstitutional. Now, this to me, this is the argument I've been making since the beginning, that there were at least five states I know of who appointed electors in a manner other than the one determined by the state legislature. Therefore, those electors were illegally appointed. Therefore, they were never actually appointed. And this is the first time I've seen a politician make such a statement. I didn't see it. First time I heard it referred to. So um, it's interesting. What I find, not only the fact that, hey, here's somebody who saw something I saw, but um, it's the fact that this claim apparently was a bit more palatable to lawmakers than the claims of mass fraud, which, again, is something I said. It's it's uh, uh, apparently, you know, hey, I like being right. Uh, Johnson said, in every election in American history, there's some small element of fraud irregularity. But when you have it on a broad scale, when you have a software system that is used all around the country, that is suspect uh, because it came from Hugo Chavez in Venezuela, when you have testimonials of people like this, but uh, in large numbers, it begs uh, it. I'm sorry, it begs to be uh, litigated and investigated. I agree. So, all right, point number one, I, I like this. This is the first, again, he saw a constitutional issue in the 2020 election, and I think he articulated it well. Next, they say he has a, a solidly conservative voting record. He got a 92% score from American Conservative Union and 90% from Heritage Action. I don't put a lot of faith in these organizations because, again, it's how they define conservative. It's uh, that that to me is a big issue that, uh, um, you know, how you define that term, how you apply that term has has a lot to do with the outcome you see. Now, in the first two years of the Biden administration, he has voted against uh, many apparently bipartisan bills. You know what a bipartisan bill is? It's one where both sides agree to either empty your wallet or take away your rights. Apparently, he voted against the January 6th Independent Commission, against the infrastructure law, against the reauthorization of the Violence Against Women's Act, and what they refer to as a modest new gun law called Chips and Science Act, which, by the way, that's not was simply a, a modest new gun law. He did vote in favor of the debt limit law negotiated by, Car by McCarthy and Biden, but he voted against the stopgap bill to avert a government shutdown. Again, that's to me, that's interesting. Because, uh, okay, the, it, it has to deal with practicality versus are we fixing the problem? Now, I'm not 100% sure. I, I understand the, the debt limit question. Um, I, I'm not as, as, <clears throat> as thrilled with that. But um, it, at, least the, uh, at least I see some semblance of, of some possibility of signs of constitutional life here. Uh, he's opposed abortion and LGBTQ. What they, what NBC says, abortion LGBTQ rights. Um, he's got an A plus rating from Susan B. Anthony, pro life America. But again, there is no right to abortion in the Constitution. In fact, the Constitution says you cannot be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. So <clears throat> he voted against uh, legislation to codify same sex marriage. So we, we see somebody with what I believe most people consider a conservative point of view. Um, NBC says he's, he has Trump's stamp of approval. I don't care. 
I don't vote for someone because somebody else approves them. I make up my own mind. So that is, I don't, I don't care. But lastly, they say he's a relatively inexperienced speaker. And to me, I know they're putting it as, as a bad sign, but that, that could be good news, could be bad news. Let me explain. When I was starting my career, I never got, I, I, I've been, I worked in IT for 30 years and I never got a degree. Um, that's a whole, why I never, is a whole nother story. But my very first job as a programmer, I got because I did not have a college degree. The man who hired me said, by, you know, because you don't have a degree, you won't have to unlearn all the stuff they teach you in college that doesn't work in the real world. That was his one of, part of his logic for hiring me. So I look at an inexperienced speaker and I say, okay, maybe he doesn't know the ropes. Maybe he doesn't know all the tricks and the schemes and the in and outs. On the other hand, it means also he may not be dependent on the tricks and the schemes and the in and outs, meaning he may not be dependent on the swamp, on the bureaucracy that exists within Congress, which means maybe he will be willing to stand for what is right, um, even though the majority say, uh, no, we need to do this. Let's remember what got McCarthy kicked out. So he made promises that he failed to keep. Uh, he promised, uh, among other things, he promised to go back to regular order. And as soon as the Democrats threw up some stonewalls, he collapsed. He's like, okay, we can't get that through. We have to do something. We have to play the swamp game. We have to do the same thing over and over again. The question is, will Johnson have the spine to stand up and say, you know what? Um, this is unconstitutional. It's illegal. It's a violation of our oath. Uh, we're not going to do this. If the Democrats don't want to play by the rules, then rather than folding, how about we hold them accountable? I don't remember which designation, but there's a law that says Congress has to come up with a budget. If they don't come up with a budget, then rather than saying, let's go on and, 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 and you know, appropriate this money crazily, though, okay, everybody, everybody who will not do the work to, to have a budget, by that I mean they won't come to the table, they won't negotiate, how about we simply publish that? I know the, the, the mainstream media is not going to touch it, but there's enough other media that we can make the point that um, the reason we had a, a possible shutdown was not that the Republicans couldn't get legislation passed. Well, it kind of was. They couldn't get it passed because the Democrats in lockstep refused to negotiate on um, regular appropriations bills. So I, I look at this, I look at these three weeks and what people say, oh my God, chaos, chaos. I don't see that. I see for the first time in my memory, we had enough members of Congress that stood up and said, no, we're not playing, we're, we're not playing these same stupid games over and over again. We're not capitulating to the tyranny that says our way or the highway. Um, we're not going to fold. And when the leader, the speaker folded, um, they got rid of him and said, let's pick somebody else. And when they looked at people, they said, nope, nope, you know, this person's not going to do it. You, you know, we, we, <laughs> it's funny because, you know, they, they talk about the, um, Getz and company, the people who kept, uh, uh, you know, who started this and they kept pointing at him. Well, well, they won't compromise. They won't compromise. What about the people on the other side? What about the status quo Republicans? that refused to vote for somebody either because, well, you know, they voted against McCarthy or, or 
you know, we don't like them or I've got a grudge against them. What about that? We don't think about it. You know, there are two sides to this debate as to who would be a speaker. Now, I have a, a little bit of hope. Maybe, um, you know, as a new speaker, the uh, uh, Mr. Johnson will do a great job. Uh, it's not going to be an easy job. Maybe he'll show spine. Maybe he'll be able to get things done that uh, McCarthy and others haven't. Maybe not. We'll find out over time. But the thing I want people to remember is what is the actual role of speaker? Where we get the speaker of the house? I had a lot of pundits. I heard a lot of pundits saying, "Well, you know, uh, the Constitution says without a speaker of the house, the house can't function." Um, that's not true. You see, Article One, Section Two, Clause was one, two, three, four, five says the House of Representatives shall choose their speaker and other officers and shall have the sole power of impeachment. So all the Constitution says, listen, you get to choose, House, you get to choose a speaker and you get to choose whatever other officers you want. But uh, Section 5, Clause 2 says each House, meaning the House and the Senate, each House may determine the rules of its proceedings punishes members for disorderly behavior, and, with a concurrence of two-thirds, expel a member. Which means the fact that the Speaker of the House has the power that they do has nothing to do with the Constitution. These are the rules of the House that they have developed. In other words, your representative, every two years they vote on a new rules package. The power delegated to the Speaker comes from the rules package, not from the Constitution. It is why... Matt Gates was able to call for a uh, 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 that the, the uh, vacate to vacate the chair. Fancy word saying to get rid of the Speaker of the House. Uh, it's why we went through all this, and the fact that it was work and it took time to me is not a problem, because I'm not worried about the partisan politics. I'm worried about the Constitution and the the Congress following the Constitution. So when they're during this turmoil, when Cuba say, well, you, you just got to hold your nose and vote. I'm like, you know what? I'm reminded of John Quincy Adams. I think he was president number six. He's the only man who went from being president to being a member of the House of Representatives. And for 17 years, he kept trying to pass legislation to outlaw the slave trade. 17 years. Every year he would uh, propose a uh, 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 language, laws to get rid of the slave trade. And every year he got shot down because the House was was pro-slavery, the majority pro-slavery at that time. Now, during that time, you know, it, he got beat up a lot, metaphorically, right? He put up with a lot. He kept doing it. Time They even created a rule in the House that was nicknamed the John Quincy Adams gag rule or, or you know, something along those lines, just to try and get him to shut up. But he didn't. He kept going and going and going. And after 17 years, a gentleman asked him, you've been doing this. You keep losing over and over and over again. Why do you keep trying? Well, Mr. Adams had a simple response. He said, the duty is ours. Results are God's. You do what you do because it's right, not because you know you're going to win. Yes, you're going to waste time. Yes, things aren't always going to work out, but you do what is right because it is what is right. And an interesting thing, there was a member of the House that um, oh, kind of became a mentee of Mr. Adams. 
he kind of Adams took him under his wing and and taught him a lot. And uh, this particular uh, member of the house, his name was Abraham Lincoln. So even though Mr. Adams didn't see the full fruition of his work, eventually, God brought the results. We had almost three weeks of people arguing and fighting and pushing, but were they trying to do the right thing? The very fact that we had roughly 20 members of the House that were willing to do the constitutional thing in opposition to their party, yeah, they did the right thing. And eventually they got the results. Now the question is, will these results, is Mr. Johnson the right man for the job? We'll find out over time. But I, I agree with those who said we're not we're going to do the right thing because it's the right thing, even though our party is against it. They just want us to to fold and pick some party apparatchik to continue the insanity that we've been doing for the last, oh God, how many decades? Now, I've got some more stuff I want to consider, but I've got a break coming up. Before I go, though, I want to remind you, you know, I go to AmericaOutloud.news every day to get information. It's part of my normal reading list. And you can go there, too. You can get a lot of information. But like all these things, I don't want us to give up with simply, okay, I've looked at it, I've read it, and I've walked away. No, let's do the right thing. Not because we know we're going to win, not because we know we're going to change hearts and minds, but simply because it's the right thing. So I urge you, find those stories, those articles, those podcasts, those videos that say something important to you and share them. It is the sharing of this information that will help us secure the blessings of liberty. Spike proteins help viruses enter into your cells, disrupting your health and your well-being. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body of spike proteins, which allows your body to repair from within, supporting your immune and respiratory systems and regulating your inflammatory response. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix Rx. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix Rx is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. 
Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Welcome back, everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution study. Today we're talking, we're looking at what can we learn from the recent speaker fight. Uh, fight for the Speaker of the House. We now have a speaker, Mike Johnson. Um, what can we learn from it? We've talked in the first segment about what we can learn from uh, from the fight itself, the um, the question of standing up for what is what you believe is right and uh, placing you know principles above party. And the fight is hard, and the fight may be longer than you want. But sometimes that fight works out. And we'll see if it works out as we see how Mr. Johnson takes on the role of speaker. Will he be, um, will he be able to stand up to the pressures but from both parties? Will he fold like a cheap suit? We don't know. We'll find out. I can say from what I've seen so far of his Voting record, I, I, I'm not totally against him yet. I, I, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. We'll see how things work out. But he's got a lot on his plate. Like I said, the, uh, the Constitution doesn't put a lot on the Speaker's plate. It's the House rules that have put a lot on the Speaker's plate. And there are some things that really need to be dealt with. Uh, one thing happens to be our southern border. Now, laws have been passed, but laws are not being enforced. And in fact, it appears that not only are these laws not being enforced, but they're being actively evaded. Uh, Customs and Border Patrol has an app, uh, the CBP-1. And the whole, the idea, this app was sold as, listen, uh, if you're coming to the United States to seek asylum, you use this app and uh, it'll kind of pre-fill out the paperwork, you know, get things, get things ready to go. Sounded great. Well, but we've got a problem. See, the whole idea of the app was um, you could you could approach, you could have a, an appointment scheduled to do your interview in order to get it, you know, to, to, for your asylum uh, request. Um, but apparently, that's not the way things are working. You see, the House Homeland Security Committee has a, a data, and according to this data, um, they're saying that uh, people who show up with an appointment but are ineligible to enter are still being let in by the Department of Homeland Security. That nearly all of the inadmissible aliens who have an appointment are being allowed entry by Department of Homeland Security. Meaning CBP-1 is is no longer about uh, speeding up the asylum process. Uh, Now it's a bypass the process and simply come into this country. Between uh, January 12th of this year and September 30th, more than 278,000 appointments were made through the app. 95.8% of them, um, they secured parole to enter the U.S. interior, meaning they they were given a chance, come in, here's your court date, uh, go check things out. But here's the problem. So according to the law, each of those entrants were supposed to be given a notice to appear before an immigration court, before they're allowed to enter the country. Meaning the CBP-1 was not a a get-out-of-court-free app. It's not supposed to be, but that apparently is the way it's being used. And there are 
there were more than 266,000, almost 267,000 entrants that bypassed the uh, appearance before a, uh, uh, an immigration court and were simply paroled, quote-unquote, paroled into the United States. Now, some people are claiming that this is uh, evidence that Secretary Mayorkas is, is abusing CBP-1 to open the borders, although not necessarily proof. It certainly shows a problem. But you know what it does say? It does say that um, Department of Homeland Security, Security is not following the law, that they're spending money to not follow the law. And who in the federal government holds this purse, the purse strings? That's right, the House of Representatives. So it's bad enough we have illegal aliens flooding into this country. We have our, our alleged Department of Homeland Security that's simply waving people in like a traffic cop with, you know, on, a, on a one-way street. But now we're finding out that, again, we have the issues of uh, overseas, and there are reports of, was 169 people on the terrorist watch list that were caught trying to, uh, trying to cross the southern border? I wonder how many of them got away. I wonder how many of them got the rubber stamp that simply entered this country. And I wonder how many of these military-aged men on the terror watch list got into this country and are prepared, should the United States, oh, I don't know, help Israel against Hamas or, or even Iran, um, <clears throat> how many of them would be, quote-unquote, activated to attack the United States? How many of them are simply here, again, illegally, you're not doing the job, you're not following the laws, guess what, you should no longer get paid? And the question is, will... Um, Will Speaker Johnson stand up to the abuse of the of the uh, legal system? If um, if members of the executive branch are going to violate their oath of office, if they're going to ignore the law, um, that certainly is bad behavior. That certainly would register as a as a misdemeanor. Are people being impeached for it? I mean, think about it. The president took an oath to faithfully execute the law, uh, the, pre the office of president, which includes uh, enforcing, uh, executing the laws of the United States. If he's not doing that, why is he not being questioned and impeached? Well, I know people have thrown out some impeachment ideas, but so far I haven't seen one that are really constitutionally structured, um, at least not very well. So that's going to be a challenge for, uh, for Mr. Johnson. Here's another example. Um, the state of Tennessee is forming a working group, right? Our, our Speaker of our House and our Lieutenant Governor, who's the Speaker of the Senate, are forming a working group to uh, look at whether or not we should continue to accept federal Department of Education funds. Um, by the way, I'm still trying to contact their office. I'm still trying to get see if I can get on that list of speakers. I'd love to talk to them about this. But here's the interesting question, at, at least as it comes to, to Mr. Johnson. Um, Remember that Department of Education? Yeah, it, it, it legally does not exist. Again, uh, this is not a power delegated to the United States. Therefore, it's neither necessary nor proper for Congress to, uh, to uh, pass the law because it's not a power of the United States. Therefore, that is an unconstitutional act, which is, according to Alexander Hamilton, several Supreme Court uh, uh, decisions, that law is 
is, is invalid. It's void. It doesn't exist. It's as if it never happened. But the Department of Education, or I guess more accurately, Congress, by funneling money to the Department of Education, that is not a power delegated to the United States, meaning it, it, they don't have the legal authority to do that. That is embezzlement. Um, the Department of Education has been used to extort uh, schools around the country to do what the federal government wants. And it also bribes them through the use of this uh, of this embezzled money, which makes not only the Department of Education, but also the state, um, well, that makes them parties to, uh, to bribery. Is the is the new speaker going to deal with that? Should uh, um, should we get more calls for a public school shutdowns, for mandatory masking, mandatory vaccinations? Are they going to make this federal funding contingent on allowing boys in the girls' locker room, boys on uh, girls' sports teams? Are they going to continue to abuse this? And will the speaker? With the that, with the powers that have been delegated to him by the House of Representatives, use that position to stop the rest of the federal government from abusing your rights. I mean, after all, their their purpose is in their title. These are members of the House of Representatives. They are supposed to represent us. They're supposed to exercise our power in our name. Maybe we should. They should do that. And maybe with a Speaker of the House that, oh, I don't know, hopefully believes in the Constitution, will actually be willing to do something, to push legislation, to allow legislation to go through committee, to come to the floor. So that's the power the Speaker has is the Speaker, as I understand it, and I may be wrong, the Speaker decides what legislation will, will be uh, de dealt with in the House of Representatives. The Speaker decides what committees legislation goes to, and I believe the Speaker ultimately decides whether or not legislation will come to the floor for a vote. So um, if that's true, Mr. Johnson, to whatever extent that's true, will you uphold your oath to the Constitution above your promise to your political party compatriots and actually protect the American people from this out-of-control executive branch? We hired you to support the Constitution. Um, are you actually going to do it? Because you know you'll be pilloried in the media for that. You'll know you'll be lied about. You'll know they'll call you all sorts of names. The question is, will you stand up and say, yeah, but the Constitution says this is the way things work. The Constitution says this is not a power delegated to the United States, that the, the federal government doesn't have the authority to bribe states into compliance, to extort them to follow their will. Uh, therefore, we are just going to stop funding this, period. We're going to stop funding this and uh, maybe bring in legislation that says not only will your, your funding be put in jeopardy, um, how about your paycheck? How about your job? If you're not going to follow the rules, if you're going to violate your oath of office, if you're not going to support the, Constitu the Constitution, then um, you're, you're committing a misdemeanor. By the way, the misdemeanor in, in the 18th century was bad behavior that didn't rise to a crime. Therefore, since it's a misdemeanor, by the way, or uh, use not only that, you're considering you're involving bribery. So bribery is one of the reasons for an impeachment. How about we start impeaching people? I, I know they're not going to get through the Senate, but do you do the right thing because you know you're going to win or do you, right, do you do the right thing because it's the right thing? And here's another one you can take a look at, Mr. Johnson. Again, these are just my ideas. Um, 
the federal government, the executive branch, the president, has been using illegal powers in an attempt to coerce the American people to stop using gas appliances. They want to mandate uh, electric vehicles. They want gas vehicles to become technologically impossible under their regulations. Um, how about you stop telling them they can do that? H- how about you start actually enforcing the law? And if it's not a law, then, hey, law says you can't use this. Uh, uh, you cannot, you don't have the constitutional authority to mandate uh, how we fuel our cars or heat our homes or cook our food. So uh, every agency that does that loses funding. Maybe not completely, right? Maybe it's 10% of your funding per year per incident. So you got five. If you have five incidences in a year, you lose half your funding for next year. Bet you if you did that, these problems would start going away. But I want you to consider this. So um, there's a, a group called the, called the Texas Public Policy Foundation, and uh, they did an interesting study. So we've got this push for electric vehicles. And of course, you see the ads for the electric vehicles. You have all the pundits, the idiots out there saying, oh, everybody's got to go all electric. Well, they, they found, this group found something uh, interesting. Uh, in model year 2021, an electric, an electric vehicle would cost almost $50,000 more to own over a 10-year period. So if you, you know, driving around, you see a Tesla or a Chevy Volt or a Ford F-150 Lightning, realize they are, they're, they're paying an extra $50,000 a year on average. But here's the other thing. There are $22 billion in, in taxpayer-funded handouts that the government is giving to the manufacturers of those vehicles. In other words, there are $22 billion of your money that's being handed over to these corporations to get them to build electric vehicles that are now sitting on car lots because not as many people want them as the federal government thought they would. So how about while you're going through your budgeting and your federal appropriations, how about we stop subsidizing technology that's not your job? Again. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 1. You can collect taxes to pay the debts of the United States, to, for the common defense of the United States, and the general welfare of the United States. Capital U, capital S, proper noun. Very proper noun that's in the 10th Amendment says, if we didn't say you could do it, specifically, you can't do it. How about we start doing some of that? Now, let's be honest. He's not going to be able to do all of that at once, but it would be nice to see some of that start popping up. It would be nice to see legislation that uh, uh, includes funding to prop up uh, corporations and businesses that uh, are politically favorable. How about we see that getting struck? How about we pass a law that says, guess what? Federal government isn't authorized to subsidize anything, according to the Constitution. So all federal subsidies of of domestic programs are gone. Yet we're just going to zero them out because we're not authorized to do that. It's interesting. I did a, a study uh, a little while back. I don't know, I think maybe three, four months ago. And I looked at the federal spending by department, by the major departments. And I came up with something like 75% of the money the federal government spends is unconstitutional. 75%. Now, what's interesting is, guess what? If we simply stop spending money 
on these unconstitutional acts. The federal budget deficit would be gone, and in fact, we'd be able to start paying down the federal debt to the tune of between $1 and $1.5 trillion a year. Again, I don't expect people to do this right off the bat because, well, they're scared. They've become dependent on this, and uh, they will lobby to um, keep uh, sucking off the government, and I'm not surprised about that. But let's see where we can start cutting this, even though it's unpopular, because it's constitutional, and we need to support people that are doing it. Speaking of support, if you want to support your immune system, especially when you're on the go, you can use Healthy Cells Immune Super Boost. It contains over a dozen immune supplements in one easy-to-use travel-ready gel pack. I throw them in my bag whenever I hit the road. I take one every day, and it helps me getting the cr- from getting the crud. And you can find out more at americaoutloud.shop. Basically, if you go to healthycell.com, check out the Immune Super Boost or any of their great products, but use the code OUTLOUD at checkout. It lets them know that you listen to America Out Loud, and as a thank you, you get 25% off your first order. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. The Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with oxy powder. It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating, and occasional constipation. There's a reason why oxy powder is our number one seller. It works. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Welcome back, Everyday America, and you've rejoined the Constitution Study. We're talking today about what we can learn from the recent speaker fight. and We're spending a little bit of time on um, maybe some things we'd like to see out of the House and therefore uh, out of the Speaker. Remember, the Speaker position is constitutionally defined or created, but um, 
The actual powers of the Speaker is defined by the rules of the House. And as I understand it, the, those rules delegate to the Speaker a, a lot of power when it comes to controlling and influencing what, um, what legislation comes to the floor, even to committee memberships and committee chairmanships. So it's, it, there's, an inter- there's a lot going on. There's a lot that could be part of it. One of the things I'd love to see, I'd love to see the House reconsider its funding of the Centers for Disease Control. I know people out there saying, Paul, you just want people to get sick. No, we have a, a CDC where there's evidence that uh, they, uh, they're corrupt, that they're captured by, uh, uh, as some places, they're captured by uh, uh, f- pharmaceutical companies, that they are wrecking, recommending information without proper testing, uh, that, uh, in fact, they're even uh, fraudulently reporting some of their own data so now we have a new report that the CDC, uh, the, their advisors may be recommending the monkeypox vaccine for children. Now, remember, this is the same CDC that re- recommended the, uh, the COVID shots uh, and ignored the high level of adverse effects. Um, they, they, were, they took quite a long time to recognize the instance of myocarditis among those who were vaccinated. They um, ignored the effectiveness of products like uh, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. You put all this together, and and really, what has the CDC become? Now, again, the CDC may be part of the executive branch, but it gets its funding through Congress. It gets its uh, its well illegitimate authority through Congress because you got to remember, regulate uh, or monitoring health is not a power delegated to the United States. Therefore, there's no reason for a CDC. There's no power delegated to the United States for a CDC. Therefore, the act that created the CDC is void. But yet, look at the impact it's had on our lives, not just directly, but through the the um, justification for the, the mandates placed on the American people, illegally, by the way. So it'll be interesting to see, is the... Uh, is the Speaker of the House going to look at things like um, the Constitution, uh, like the and, and like the corrupt uh, outcomes that have come from the CDC, and start scaling back their powers, maybe even with a uh, uh, an eye towards getting rid of the CDC? Now, I really don't think they're going to get rid of the CDC, not in the foreseeable future. But it'd be nice for them to um, reinstate some restraint. On the CDC, if they won't exercise their own restraint, it's about time the representatives of the American people enforce restraint on this out of control rogue agency. Speaking of out of control and rogue, how about the blatant violations of the First Amendment committed by this administration? And by the way, I'm sure administrations beforehand. But the blatant violations of the First Amendment that have gone on under this administration, uh, sure, they're simply saying, well, we're just simply advising social media platforms to to, uh, follow their own rules. Does that include giving them lists of accounts to deplatform or posts to get rid of? Does it include uh, regular meetings between the FBI and social media trying to get people censored and banned? Tell me, where is the... Uh, House's uh, oversight. Where's the, the House just exercising their power to punish executive agencies that are violating the law? 
Sure, I'd love to see them taken to court. And and there is a case uh, before the Supreme Court now. And, uh, you know, maybe something's going to happen. But I don't want to put all my eggs in that basket. How about the, the, the House start looking at articles of impeachment for members of the administration, high and low, where there is evidence that they were uh, uh, attempting to abridge the freedom of speech, where they were using their position to get freedom of speech and technically freedom of the press, because most of these are actually press, not speech, but to use the, use the power of the purse, use the power of impeachment, actually hold the administration and every administration accountable for their violations of their oath to the Constitution. See, whether or not the Supreme Court decides that, uh, um, as, a, as accused by the attorney generals of Missouri and Louisiana, that the Biden administration uh, uh, violated the First Amendment and, and committed federal crimes, um, the House can still sit there going, you know what, we're going to cut your funding. Wouldn't that be nice if, you know, think of all the penalties, think of all the fines imposed by the federal government. Isn't it about time the House imposes the their version of fines by simply decreasing their budget? I don't care what you ask for. If you're going to break the law, we're going to punish you. We're going to take money. We're going to decrease your budget. And all you whine and cry about, uh, 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 about security and safety then stop punishing the Ameri- stop attacking the American people. Stop infringing on their rights. If you were really worried about that, rather than your jobs, maybe you'd spend less time infringing on the rights of the American people. You see, there's a reason why the framers of the Constitution place not only the power of impeachment, but the power of the purse in the hands of the people that directly represent the people of the United States, the House of Representatives. They're elected by the people. Uh, yes, today the Senate's elected by the people as well, but that only happened, uh, it was in 1913, after the passage of the 17th Amendment. Before then, they were chosen by the state legislatures because the Senate's purpose is to represent the states. But this is the people's house. Isn't about time that the people, that those who represent the people start doing the people's work and pay more attention to their oath to the Constitution than their promise to their political partisan hacks. Now, here's interesting. This actually came out of the Senate. Senator Chuck Grassley uh, claims he has some, was it 40 whistleblowers claiming that the Federal Bureau of Investigation, or as I like to call them, the Federal Bureau of Intimidation, um, withheld or or refused to investigate uh, uh, criminal activity involving the Biden family. Not simply Joe Biden, but the Biden family. Uh, according to a, a press release, uh, Mr. Grassley said, this letter is based on years of investigation, including the provision of information, records, and allegations from multiple Justice Department whistleblowers that indicate there is and has been an effort among certain Justice Department and FBI officials to improperly delay and stop full and complete investigation, investigative activities into the Biden va- uh, family, including but not limited to FD 1023 is referencing the Biden family. Now, this is an allegation. It's a political allegation because, man, it's done by a politician. But we've already seen evidence that um, 1023s were were buried and ignored. By the way, if memory serves, these are the forms that are used during uh, interviews to record information about interviews. 
Now, again, according to Grassley, he said he's been made aware that at one point the FBI had over 40 confidential human sources providing criminal information relating to Joe, James, and Hunter Biden. Now, again, these are merely accusations. These are merely accusations and as yet unfounded accusations. I say as yet because Mr. Grassley hasn't provided any evidence. All we have is his assertion that he has whistleblowers that will that, that have said this. And um, even in this country, you, you know, you're still supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. But this would be an interesting situation for the House of Representatives saying, okay, Mr. Grassley, you've made these allegations. Um, the assumption would be that uh, there should be uh, uh, investigations into impeachment of these DOJ and FBI officials. The House, we're in charge of impeachment. Uh, turn over your evidence. Make your case. Now, do I really expect that's going to happen? I'm not holding my breath. But this becomes one of a series of um, of things I would like to see of a Speaker of the House not to make, not to put their thumb on the scales, but to allow this these types of questions, this type of negotiation, this type of, of legislation to be debated in the committee, to be heard on the floor. Um, I think this is important information, and I would like to see it come to, or at least be exposed, open to the public. Let us see what is being done in our name, and let us see what our representatives are doing about what's being done in our name. Which brings me all the way back to the beginning of this episode. What can we learn from the speaker fight? As I stated before, one thing we can learn is that holding to your ground when the when when you you have evidence that you're right, even against the <laughs> your political opponents and even your supposed political uh, compatriots, doing the right thing causes the right thing, not because you're sure you're going to win is the right thing to do. And it may get messy, and it may get ugly, and you may be called names, but now we have a speaker. We have a speaker that uh, I would hope, based on the history, not just of the of Mr. Johnson, but the history of this process, would be a little less, um, well, let's see, a little less dependent on what's frequently referred to as the swamp. A little less dependent on the, uh, this is how we've always done, the good old boy network, the cover each other's backside network, and maybe, maybe when the next debt, uh, well, the next debt's not going to come up for a few years, but when the next uh, uh, House Appropriations Bill is stonewalled by Democrats, rather than caving into them, might stand up and say, hey, you know what? Um, we're going to expose you for what, you, what you've done. Even though we know the media's against us, we can still get the word out because this is the information age and more and more people can get the word out. We've learned that, um, I think we've learned that the Speaker of the House has way too much power. There's no reason to place in, a, in what is supposed to be a House of Representatives to place so much power in one individual, the Speaker of the House, which means I think we should consider in the next rules package setting standards to say, we don't, you know, the, the speaker doesn't become the make or break of the, um, of the house. I, I believe the speaker has an important role that includes, you know, uh, things like 
signing legislation, or I should say, not signing it, but but signing the form that says yes, it's been passed, and sending it on to the to the president. I believe there's you know there, there's some rules of order that the speaker is very important for, but maybe we'd be better off if we diversified some of that power. If some of the decisions about what comes up in committees and what comes to the floor can be dealt with, can be dealt with with others, just to decentralize that power a bit. Lastly, I think the rules should include something to deal with the situation when the speaker's uh, uh, seat is vacated, whether it be by uh, by a parliamentary move, by a retirement, or God forbid, a death. There should be a process that says, what can we do when we don't have a speaker? So that this doesn't turn into another mud fight the next time the speaker's house, the speaker's seat is vacant. You know, we're never going to get rid of partisan politics. I don't see how. But we can certainly make it less controlling over the rest of our lives. See, what I find interesting is, other than the multitude of vociferous pundits trying to tell me they know what the heck is going on and frequently being absolutely wrong, I wasn't impacted by the the uh, the speaker being the speaker being vacant. Didn't change my life one little bit. And again, I'm sure if certain things happened, um, there you know it could have right. Um, there, there, you know, we if we were without a speaker for months, if we couldn't pass appropriations legislation, if we couldn't um, uh, do things. But I want you to think of how much the Congress does. A, they're not constitutionally authorized to do. But B, how much of it does it really impact your life day in and day out? I mean, how much time do they pa- do they spend passing resolutions about naming buildings and post offices? And then how much time do they spend simply burning our money? As the Babylon Bee humorously pointed out, maybe our lives shouldn't be regulated by 435 politicians in the District of Columbia. I think they shouldn't. I think the impact of Congress on our lives should be minimal at best and focus primarily on foreign issues, not domestic, because that's what our founding fathers thought. That's why when you look at the powers delegated to the United States, most of the powers are delegated, they deal with foreign entities or or stuff between the states, not within the states themselves and certainly not within the people. If we wish to be free, we have to be brave enough to say, you know what, we may not know the, the right answer, but we see the wrong answer and we're willing to do the right thing to stop the fraud to stop the, the 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 fraudulent stuff coming out of Congress and figuring out for ourselves how we should be doing this. We're going to disagree on it. We're going to uh, probably have some name-calling and other things. But if we want to live free, rather than being controlled by a bunch of bureaucrats and politicians, then we have to be brave enough to face that we don't have all the answers. But we're going to do the right thing because it is the right thing, not because we know we're going to win or that the, the outcome will be easy or even that we know what that outcome is going to be. That's what it means to be the home of the brave. If we're not going to be brave, we're not going to be free. And rather than be ruling by our, ruled by our hearts and our consciences, 
will be ruled by 435 um, partisan hacks, party apparatchiks who are more interested in their job and their position within the party than they am actually than they are actually their oath to support the Constitution of the United States. Now, if you found this interesting, I hope you come back and listen to the Constitution study. We are on every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard on the iHeartRadio network. If you can't listen then, that's okay. Every episode goes to podcast generally a day or two after they're heard on the radio. You can listen in your favorite podcast app, but do me a favor, subscribe to the show. Uh, Leave us us ratings and reviews, especially on Apple. It helps other people find the Constitution study as well, and I'll be exposed to this type of thinking. Now, if you're interested, all the links are available at the homepage at americaoutloud.news. But I'm going to ask you again, don't keep this to yourself. Share this information. Let other people know about the Constitution study in America Out Loud. By sharing this news, by sharing this information, you help share the blessings of liberty. 